Hello, Podwalkers, and welcome back to another episode of the Goblin Lore Podcast. We missed you all last week. We had a perfect confluence of events happen. Um, I was in New York City presenting on the uh, the Dungeons & Dragons for uh, veterans group that I, I, I run. It was actually a cool conference because there were four other groups presenting, um, which is like the first time that this conference has more than even just one group presenting on it. So it was really cool, uh, but it meant that I got in very, very late um, from travel and then kind of just there was no way to record. Uh, Taya was uh, on the Joko cruise, which if people don't know, I am sure hopefully she will give us a mini recap when she does her introduction because it's an amazing, fun cruise uh, and also had gotten sick, unfortunately. And then Alex was also sick. It was just a perfect confluence. So we didn't have an episode for you last week. But we have a lot of really cool ones coming up. Uh, we have been working on scheduling with guests, including some more magic story, uh, a magic personality coming on to talk about something completely not magic, which is nice because it meant we didn't have to go through Wizards HR this time. It's just a little spoiler if you can figure it out. Um, yeah, so... Uh, I'm Hobbskew. Before we get started, I will try to remember that the Grinding Coffee Company, just because they continue to be amazing. They have, every time I've reached out to them, uh, just even recently, they check in with us, even though we're not like one of their, I feel, main, like, hardcore people that I think of or that are, are you know, we don't, it's not like we're getting tons of money from them every month, yet they still reach out to us as as somebody who is invested in the show and cares about it. And I just think that that's really great. Um, so I just want to always say thank you to them. I also want to let people know that we did put in for a panel um, about sparking and mental health recovery. And uh, I've teased this a little bit, and we we did put in for this panel. It is the three hosts that are on right now, uh, myself, Alex, and Taya, with two other frequent guests and collaborators on this show. And I haven't announced who they are like explicitly yet, but I feel like if you listen to the show, you probably could make some good guests. So, and, and just to clarify, that's a panel for Minneapolis, the the magic, magic convention that's happening in May. <laughs> Thanks, Alex. Underwear. The like zero context. I was just like, I, yeah. we submitted a panel. Could have been for anything, right? For anything. Yeah. Yep. Who knows? Yep. But yes. So yeah. So uh, today, to get us started, uh, my name is Hobbs or uh, Thomas. My pronouns are he, him. And we're going to do, as a lead-in for today's topic, who would be your pet from the Magic the Gathering kind of multiverse? That's at least what we're starting with as a question. We'll see where it goes from here. Um, and I am simply, my answer may shock you because it's not squee. Even though I would, I know I'll see Squeeze not a pet, but anyways, yeah, you don't keep goblins as pets. They're people. Well, they are. Well, so like this is the problem that I was coming up with when I even thought of this question is because there is a lot of uh, questions of sentiency. We had the same one with like uh, questions about creature types that would taste good a long time ago. Um, but I am going to go with Fibblethup. So it's still a legendary, but I think is more acceptable because it gets really lost and probably needs to have like one of those backpacks with like the leashes attached to the parent. Um, so I think or, that um, or you get Fibblethip, one of those like cat backpacks that has a glass dome so it can see yeah. out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that would actually be way better. <laughs> those things are amazing. Well, Alex, since you were speaking. <laughs> yeah. So I'm Alex on Twitter at uh, Mel underscore chronicler. My pronouns are he, him. Um, and I, 
I started with a more conventional answer. Um, and then I went with a less conventional answer because it gives me an excuse to talk about something this week that that's really kind of helped because it was a it was a rough week for me mental health wise. And I found a show, but I, I found a, a fun new show that I it really enjoyed that uh, I caught up on. And it weird tie in to this card and this question. So I'm going to go with Anara Wolfid Familiar which is also a legendary creature, but specifically one of the familiar partner creatures from the um, Commander Legends set. I love this cycle. I, I, I do too. Like they're, they're, I love them. They're partner legendary creatures, so that means you can use them with another commander that has partner. But then all five of them, there's one for each color, gives commanders you control something or in some way so anara gives your commanders indestructible and so that fits this sort of old school D D, old even old school sort of fantasy outside of D concept of like wizard familiars being animal companions to yes. cast or help them yeah but also we've, this, this, we've discussed this on the show before right yes. Alex? we talked okay. about yeah we Whew. talked about them during our commander legends legends Show. Thank you. We did okay. a whole bunch of shows about that. Like 12 but shows on it, and then had Jay it on. Was yes. A lot. Huh? yes, and then had Jay, yeah. But um, also, if you look at the art, like this is not just a wolf. It's like a big-ass wolf with antlers, and like it's an amazing-looking, powerful wolf, which reminds me of this anime that I've been watching. It's something along the lines of in an... Oh, campfire cooking is overpowered in another world with my special skill or something like that. Long Gotta story short. Yeah. Love it. it. Long story short person from J modern Japan gets summoned to a fantasy world. The people who summon him are very disappointed because he's not a mighty warrior. His only skill is called online grocery order. <laughs> and so he just gets thrown out on the street and then he realizes that in this fantasy world, he can, access growth modern food and groceries from a japanese grocery store that is his special power and i love this show i i love that as a special power <laughs> and, right and that's amazing early on he ends up with let's say a very powerful wolf that looks like this as his familiar but really the wolf is way more powerful than him but because he can access these these food things and knows how to cook, like he just genuinely knows how to cook too, this just kind of becomes an adventure of him and his familiar out in the countryside cooking whatever random monsters his familiar is hunting, and he just learns how to cook a cockatrice. <laughs> like, let's try it. So it, I love the show exactly. So that'll be my long-winded answer. All right, I'm Taya. She, her, or they, them pronouns. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna flip this answer. I want to be Rada's pet. Um, I want Big Lady to <laughs> just take me under her uh, her wing, and I will do whatever she wants. Um, on a, a more serious note, though, uh, you know, I'd have to go with one of the adorable um, cats from any almost anywhere in Magic. But let's say you know. Maybe an adorned pouncer from Almond Cat. They're just so cute. Um, I was playing uh, Commander yesterday with my cats with Toys deck um, and had uh, an adorned pouncer suited up with a bunch of equipment to the point where, it, uh, and then had a Robo out. So I was doubling its power and I had a, you know, a 2420 double striker in the air 
uh, that was that was a lot of fun. Um, what a good kitty. Flying kitties. Uh, good flying kitties. Yeah, good flying kitties. But uh, yeah, no, I, I will. I will be somebody's pet in Magic. There's so many good legendary characters that I would just be like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> so th this question of, or this discussion of pets is something that came up. So Taya uh, threw out because it, it, right now, as we are recording this episode, we are in the midst of the final round of MTG Dogs. Which is a, if people don't know, it is a contest ran by Vorthos Mike, Mike Linneman, uh, bracket style for March Madness. That he started, I want to say, I'm going to go with eight years ago. It's been a long time. Yeah. yeah. It's been, it's been, it's either seven or eight. And I know this because I have participated in it in like half of the years. Um so uh, my dog, Duncan, who is no longer with us, took second place during 2020, during the pandemic. Um, and my dog, Watson, this year made uh, top eight. So made it to and, and lost by like 10 votes to um, uh, to oh, Marty. Rough. Quad nine. Uh, so Stephanie's dog, who actually Duncan had beaten back in 2020 by like 10 votes. So it was a very cool kind of thing. But if people don't know. It is just a bracket-style competition. Uh, it's a popularity contest. Um, Mike has put some rules in place, uh, if, if people don't know the history. Like, the first year was, like, Kibler and Shiro. Um, so, like, there, there was no competition. It was, from day one, we all knew who was going to win. But there was only, like, it was only 16 or 32 dogs, even. I mean, Mike was having trouble getting enough people in, really trying to get a following behind it, which is completely understandable for something like that. Um I think Efro might have won, like Eric Froelich might have won the next year with a, a with his dog, which I also believe is a Pomeranian. Um, and then Mike started putting some like safeguards in place, like you know, capping size of creators um, was the main one, just how big the audience was, which means some people that we we know and love haven't been able to participate. I might managed to stay under the threshold, um, but it's just kind of a fun way for me to see people post photos of their pets and their dogs in particular um you know and I, I i'm the type of person who will use that as an excuse to blast photos of my dog all day long um, most people are like a retweet vote for my dog and i'm like here's another photo of my dog i hope you're annoyed with me and have muted me by a minute now because i love pets like yeah and and i appreciate that because not only does it give me a chance to see lots of pictures of your dog this year i saw snickers twice who's your cat <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just because pe people pick posting pictures, and so I was a big fan of a big fan of that too. Yeah, so that gal Carolyn, um, friend friend of the cast, um, Carolyn Arnold, um, <laughs> loves Snickers. <laughs> so she, she's met her and is obsessed with my cat or my our cat, Jen and I's cat. And uh, Snickers can usually be found in the back of photos of Watson, really giving him side eye. Um, it is the perfect relationship. Um, and you mentioned cats, Alex, like, uh, I think it was a couple of years ago, somebody, uh, took the, the, the mantle MTG cats and ran a couple of brackets. And I know I haven't seen if they're doing it this year. Yeah. I um, haven't seen any, anything about it this year. So either I've missed it or they're just not doing it, which makes me hard. sad as a cat person. Right. And, and it's, it's I admit, of, like, yeah, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. I know what Mike has, you know, posting photos and polls, like basically every day. 
Uh, it's a lot of work, but it would be nice because like the cat years were also fun because then we started getting retweets of cats. And I think that it just, it, it, you kind of brought up, Taya, like this is a great time. It's not a topic we've ever talked about, but we have this concept within magic. Yeah. You know, there's been pets across the multiverse for, you know, I wouldn't say it's, it's been a long time, but you know, they've, as they've expanded the sets out to be more focused on the planes themselves and show some kind of semblance of regular life on those planes, we've gotten to see a lot more of actual pets in the cards or at least references to them. Um, you know, a dormed pouncer being a good example of, you know, showing that cats were kept as pets and, you know, revered on Amonkhet. Was Isamaru in the original Kamigawa one of the first sort of pets represented? It's the first one that comes to mind for me. Yeah. At least as a legendary creature that that makes it a, a more notable or comes to mind easier. So maybe there was something earlier, but yeah. You, you, you're right like and that one too isamaru especially being like a guard dog fits the combat stuff a little bit because i think there even was a card guard dogs from the pre-modern sets i want to say but having just like cats i mean and just other pets represented in both the story and the cards is a thing that took some time because like you like you said Taya, it, it kind of took them representing more of just the people and the worlds within the story, which was something that took the game a little while to kind of build itself to. But it's it's a really neat detail to start to see. It's it's one of those things we come to every so often when we talk about story that in the last, you know, eight-ish years, ten-ish, like more relatively recent history for for a game that's pushing well, it was 25 a couple of years ago, so we're a few away yeah, from 30th 30 anniversary this year. Oh, 30th anniversary. Yeah, yeah, this year. That's right, 93. Yep. yep. So 30th anniversary this year. So for a game that's been running that long, like relatively recent development that we start really looking at the people and not even in story, because we got a lot of story relatively early on. In fact, we go really, really early. I guess all we got were random sort of one-off stories. But cards were just combat things for a long time. And then even as they started to do more stories, those were still really more focused on bigger archetypical fantasy sort of storylines and didn't have a lot of time to play in the smaller scope, little granular world details of the people. Well, even if you want to go with what you were kind of... uh talking a little bit about Alex, uh, you know, with like guard dogs or something like that. Uh, dog wasn't actually a, a creature type um, for a very long time. Uh, they they were hounds. Um, hounds. There was this whole thing yeah. when Mike was uh, doing this, like one of the prizes that he sent to people were like, you know, every common and uncommon. And it, it wasn't until there had been like the, the redoing of the creature type that dogs were actually a separate or, or became the, the predominant, creature type because it wasn't because originally like they didn't fit into the fantasy world until we get storytelling yeah like like you were saying with uh isamoru and then um you know more recently on uh, kamigawa we got yoshimaru which if people don't know is like the dog that just sits and waits for the empress to come back which is also based in a japanese story if people uh have never heard of this the um 
Hachiko, it's a dog in, I, I like, I'm going to probably tear up while just discussing this. It's a, there was a dog whose owner basically died at work and the dog used to meet him at the train station every single day. Cause he was just like, uh, you know, like dogs were, I mean, it's like 1923 dogs were just like allowed to just go wherever. And every day he would like basically come and wait at the train, um, for his owner who never came back. For like nine years, he continued to do this. Um, there's actually like statues of Hachiko in um, Japan. It's like, uh, and it is kind of also the story. If people don't know the like most heartbreaking episode for me ever of Futurama, Futurama played off yeah. played off of this um, because it, it it happens right. Like I mean, it, it is we have this ties to animals. Um, I think it, I, I I'm speaking mainly as dogs because I I own both, but. I'm I'm more of a dog person and I just know kind of the history of domestic domesticating of dogs a little bit more. Um, yeah, there's, that's a whole rabbit hole that I'm fascinated by the whole, par- the parallel evolution of dogs and humans, but it's, it's like you say, it goes beyond just dogs. Like we, in our world, we have bonds with a lot of animals beyond just dogs well like that just is a, is a part of our life as a society not every individual like myself i unfortunately am in a situation where i i don't really have the ability to have a, a pet right now i wish i did I, my apartment building allows both cats and dogs but i am gone i live by myself and i'm gone most of the day i just i can't it's not fair to to put an animal into that situation right now but it's the thing that, like, growing up, I grew up with dogs, had a cat for, for quite a while, and it's that has been a big part of my life while I was growing. And there's a lot of people, like, a lot of other people, like, I know both of yourselves have pets that are parts of your lives, and that's just a, a part of your family. And it's great that we're getting that represented in this game to help build the texture to make these people more realized to make these worlds more real it's it's interesting to me from a narrative perspective too just for how we can play on emotionality right um i mean we know we have a whole thing that that goes along with this idea that like you can kill whoever you can kill people throughout a movie over and over again but you kill like an animal there's a big difference especially if it's Mm -hmm. a pet right i mean we have a whole series based on like yeah, John Wick is a whole movie <laughs> about that a whole series. A whole series, yeah. right? Like um yeah. So like with Magic Story, we're even we we've seen kind of, you know, like Yoshimaru is playing off of that. Isamaru does. There's even and I will there was the like rest in peace with dog art that like very very much implied even though Wizards and the the person who designed the card tried to claim that it was not about a dead dog, but like the flavor text is literally something along the lines of like he chased every ball and finished everything, and now he was ready for like his rest. I'm like, ah, uh, the card's called Rest in Peace. Yeah. <laughs> like he's chased all of his balls. Like, come on, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Especially the the nature of the card too. <laughs> yeah, it's uh. Yeah, we get a lot of that. Um, I mean, there was a recent cardboard crack. Um, if you didn't see it, it was uh, two <laughs> cards. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, you can't kill that. It's too cute. And, you know, it's, you can't kill my dog. It's too adorable. And it's like, how am I supposed to interact with your cute thing, Steph? 
<laughs> I mean, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, uh, you have something like Spirited Companion on the board. It just feels bad to even target it. Or, you know, when they chump block with it, it's like, well, how could you be that monster that chump blocked with the poor little dog? <laughs> yep. I mean, they, there's been selfless savior, which is like, you're, you sacrifice your dog to give it, everybody on the team a boost. I mean, it, it plays into these concepts, though, that are really tied to loyalty and and, and companionship. Um, you know, I think I was thinking story-wise where we have most seen that for me is like Ikoria with the concept of bonders, um, which I was hoping, Tay, you might be able to explain a little bit more than I can. So, yeah, the idea on Akoria is just that semi, you know, somewhat randomly people will gain the ability to form a psychic connection with a animal or, or beast as, you know, they're called on Ikoria, um, which covers more than just the beast type, obviously. Uh, monsters, monsters on Ikoria, um, there's a lot of them, but yeah, a human will just develop an ability to bond with that, and they share a psychic connection, which lets them share feelings and emotions and thoughts with each other, and then they become really close, unless you're Luca and you're a complete jerk and kind of spurn <laughs> that whole ability uh, and use yep. it to control your animal companion and not even give it a name uh, because you're a jerk um, and kind of throw out this gift but uh, I'm not cl I'm not yeah. quite clear if we know where you stand when it comes to Luca. So <laughs> you don't have to yeah. mince words, you know. <laughs> yeah, there's there's, you know, seven episodes of the Lord Goyf, so you can get my opinion on Luca. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like the, the concept yeah. really is that, you know, I know it's monsters and it's supposed to be there's a element to that. But but it really is like this very clear bond that is sharing and within i think this was a commander set that was uh with ikoria or around ikoria there was also a set of partner with commanders so these are two legends who have partnered but specifically partner with these two cards so they just partner together and they had they were so it was three color like monocolor plus a, a two color. Right. Yeah. That was the commander. You had but, the, the one that was like Silvar um, and I forget the human's name, but um, yeah. And I'm, I'm looking, I'm trying to find them all, but these, most of them look like what, like this one got Holden avid arcanist. His partner with is Paco arcane retriever. Who's an elemental hound. And so there's, there's definitely some like, potential of a pet sort of relationship or at least relative to you know this world but in a similar i mean these are probably if they're on Ikoria, would be bonded in a similar fashion but it's these are really kind of the now that i think about it in the actual Ikoria set we didn't get a lot of representation of that specifically from what i'm recalling so this was a nice sort of way to to show that a little bit i mean and one of these people had a sky shark, and that's a fun, a shark bird. Yeah, because they a pirate like, they're, they're shark. Ikoria yeah, they, is they, a the creature combos on Ikoria are place. fascinating. I really do. Yeah. Uh, love those. But um, 
So this is a fun place where you can kind of represent that sort of relationship, but also have Silvar, the Devourer of the Free, who is a cat nightmare and clearly going to yeah. be good at combat. Um, my friend uh, Wing has a Silvar deck, which is um, it's basically all of the food are some kind of <laughs> cop or something like some kind of cop or law enforcement or something, and it's just feeding copper coats to the drag the uh, nightmare cat. <laughs> uh, nice. Yeah, it's like tasty, anyway. tasty copper coats. And and that cat's partner is Tyre. Tyrion, champion of the free. Yeah, it's a fun, fun pairing. And oh, okay, I'm sorry. This is a one more distraction. I don't think I've ever really looked at the art of Akima stalking Shadow, but that is a wolf whale who is yeah. a very much a wolf with a very large whale tail, and it is that is a very good looking piece of art. Actually, I think Alex is way in the weeds now. Sorry, with the, like, do we need to, we need to revisit Aquaria Wizards this, just for Alex? This is the problem yeah. with Scryfall in the middle of a recording sometimes. I just get messed up. <laughs> Close the windows. I'm... Right down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But I mean, I think this, we, we are seeing, I think we have seen a lot more. Um, I mean, and, and the fans have called for this, right? Like dog tokens and just, there was the whole M21 set, Rin, which had Rin a whole dog and cat. Had, Rin know, Siri. The legend, yeah. The cat dog commander. Mm-hmm. And there was a whole like, and I think it was around then, right? Like we'd had like people wanting to make these because animals are an important, you know, I would say benefit. So that's what I was hoping we could talk a little bit about. Like, Taya, you mentioned the, for you cats, and I was hoping you could talk yes. a little bit about your cats if you're willing to. Like, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, like, so let's talk about pets. Like, let's do it. Yeah, I'm a. I, I would say my pets are a big part of my mental health, and I'm. One is I'm terribly allergic to cats. Even after having years of cat um, allergy shots, I still have reactions to cat dander. Um, if they get right in my face, my eyes can swell shut. Uh, I pretty much always have tissues nearby because my nose will run no matter how many um, how many hist you know histamine type medicines I'm on. So. Uh, cats are worth it for me mental, you know, mental health wise, though, it's worth the problem of dealing with the allergy side effects. And So it feels really weird to start this without our normal intro, but that has already happened for you who are listening, but not us who are recording. Unfortunately, um, there was some issues with our recording yesterday. It sounds like a good chunk of it is still salvageable, but uh, Taya and I are here to finish the, to do another sort of second half and Hobbs um, will be has the unenviable position of trying to edit this together into a good episode. So if you're listening to a great episode, that's awesome. And it's all on Hobbs for being amazing at this. So y'all should thank him for all his hard work as Taya and I have been. But uh, so Taya, you were to, before the recording kind of got got mixed up you were kind of talking about your cats and a lot of the mental health there do you want to kind of yeah so i'll kind that? of pick up there is um you know i was saying i'm terribly allergic to cats but they're just too important to my mental health uh to not have as part of my life i have four cats um one of which callie is with me in the office right now she tends to spend the day with me every day while i'm working and is a bit of a constant companion for me 
Uh, she's kind of always by my side, and I'm glad that she's here. Um, I have a couple of other cats, including one older one, which I'm thankful that, you know, is he's, uh, he's 16. I'll be thankful to have him around as long as we have him at this point. Every day is kind of a blessing with that. And we'll have to, you know, see where it goes in the future. But, um, you know, he's just a, a part of my life. And, you know, this is dealing with loss of pets is kind of the flip side of what we talked about a bit on, you know, it's, it's not easy on the mental health and there's a lot that goes on with mourning pets as well. Uh, and hopefully, uh, hopefully they'll be around for a long time, but this is something that always has to be considered. Well, that's the flip side, right? I mean, we can talk about this. I mean, I'm, you know, pet ownership is also, a preparation for knowing that things can, you know, that you're, you are we, we, the lifespans that we're talking about with cats and dogs in particular is nowhere near what we're talking about for humans in our lives. And this is one of the things that I think I struggle with as somebody who my pets are such a mental health boon to me. And I have to also, they are a lesson in um, acceptance and awareness and even having to, to teach for kids. I mean, we, we've already had to, for a two-year-old explain that, you know, the dog that she basically cuddled with Duncan was, was going to die. I mean, he, he, he was sick before she was born. Um, he had cancer and I had gone through that a couple of years previously with another dog. And, you know, we had made the decision when Gwen was getting ready to be born that we weren't going to aggressively treat a eight year old dog with arthritis for like bone cancer, right? Like we're not going to put a dog through treatment that, we had no clue what it would do to extend. And then he kept living, uh, which is awesome. Um, but it was also always a flip side of things that like my anxiety was on edge about him. Um, at the end of the day, it's worth it for me, but I think it's a conscious decision. Uh, it's something that I've had to face and be very aware of. Um, it's something I have to be aware of is we now have a, our, our other dog is now seven and eight. And, you know, we have dogs, which, larger dogs lifespan, you know, like 12, 13, you're doing very well. And that is something that hangs over it while at the same time, I cannot imagine living without dogs. I mean, dogs are what got me through some of the worst times in my life. Uh, when I moved here from San Diego um, in the year prior to moving, I ended an eight year relationship who I owned both of the dogs with. Uh, I, I only had one of the dogs with me at that time being, um, and then my ex was no longer able to like, basically couldn't, uh, relationship dynamics, but her new partner didn't like Duncan, which anybody who's on here that knows Duncan, like I know there's people that have spent time with that dog. It's wild to me, but, uh, I ended up with him back, but those two dogs were my like lifeline when I was living alone by myself in a new state where I didn't have social connection jet. You know, I had magic players that I was starting to, you know, become friends with, but I, I had my dogs. I could come home and know that I wasn't going to be alone, which is wild for me to kind of say and think. And, you know, Alex, I know you were kind of saying, right? Like those hours that you're away is a tough thing. Um, but like, I knew that I could come home and that they were going to, to be there. And that, that to me at that point in my life was just that reminder that 
of the benefits that I was getting, the psychological benefits. I mean, the real, like you were talking about the parallel evolution stuff, Alex, and there's stuff to do with even just the, the production of oxytocin from petting animals, uh, which calms us and makes us more relaxed. It's the, you know, it's a feel good chemical. Well, and, and okay, I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole because I will, because this is, this is a thing I find incredibly interesting, but like dogs, modern dogs are better at reading human emotions, like facial emotions and face, what we're looking at, what we're, where our focus is than like human children at a certain point and any other animal, including animals that we are a lot more related to than dogs. And it's, there's this whole, like, where, there's this, re, you know, a lot of research into, like, where did this come from? And, and a lot of it, somehow, it's, the, the dogs have been evolving alongside humans, as well as other animals. We have a lot of other animals that we have relationships with, but dogs have been evolving with humans in such a way that this is just a thing that exists in modern, in modern dogs. Like, and it's, it's more than wolves. So it's more than, uh, like I said, chimpanzees and even and even other animals that are really close to humans. And so it's just a, it's a really fascinating thing. And it's it's, it's not just dogs. There's a lot of history of cats, just culturally in different societies and things that the, the relationship that humans and cats have had as well is is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Also something I find really fascinating. Well, like the, these, these relationships that have developed, you know, based on need for survival and, and mutual benefit. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's incredible I mean, to see. Like, like dogs were humans are predation predators. Like, or we, not predation. Oh, there's, no, I forgot the term. Basically we were the terminator in, in the animal kingdom. Like most animals can run really fast. Humans can't run as fast, but we have a lot more endurance. So we'll just follow that pack of elk until they collapse. And then we have food now. And dogs were one of the only animals that could keep up with humans when we were doing that. And, you know, and then there's when, when agriculture and stuff, I think that's where a lot of cats came in. Suddenly you get, you get pests and cats are like, Hey, if I hang out next to these weird, tall, two-legged things, I get to eat all the mice that I want. And humans are like, oh, these little fuzzy things are going to eat the mice. <laughs> yeah, they're like, cool, they don't care about the wheat, they, they'll eat the mice. All right, then we'll, we'll give them little treats and maybe some pets, little scritches if, if they're interested. And like suddenly this relationship sort between disparate species sort of builds and thousands of years, like literally thousands of years have developed in different ways and in different places, but fairly consistently across the planet and our species. Mm -hmm. I could tell you that our cat yeah. sucks at mice. Like we had, <laughs> we've had, we've had mice in our house. Like she could not be bothered. Jen, actually there was a bat in our house this year. And the cat and dog just kind of looked at it, right? They didn't even make an effort to go near the thing or to do anything. Jen was like in the house, sees a bat, and like the dog and the cat are like, okay, like it's your job. <laughs> like 
This is becoming more and more of a, like, I I will say, too, it's a wild thing for me being 40-something. Because we had outdoor cats when I was growing up that that were still hunters. Um, I mean, they would bring home, like, gophers or mice or or things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, like, it's kind of wild to just see even within 20, 30 years just, you know, these changes in relationships. Um. And or just expectations, right? With like what society is. And I mean, we could get into a whole thing to do with the fact that like the way we are going in the shitter at times with society, like not having kids does lead to these situations that pets become even more so in some ways. I mean, we've seen the extreme examples. I mean, the the jokes about like people that are basically replacing human offspring with like an animal, but it's not like far-fetched um because there is conscious decisions that like i can i can take care of a pet right like i can i can do this like i can i can there's more certainty about it mm-hmm. i mean and if you can't afford for myself a house and there's a lot of loss of stability that it's like okay a cat for some number of years or a dog for some number of years who it would really suck but i could potentially give them up for adoption, finds another home for them. You can't really, it it is a much larger thing, a much larger commitment to have a human child to try to care for. And it's not a, a, there's not a lot of, there are less folks who have that stability to be able to do that, especially in our generation right now. Yeah, and and like for myself, I don't have any pets right now. I'm not sure if this was in the recording before. I've talked about it here and there. Like, unfortunately, my current situation, I'm I'm living in an apartment that actually does allow. Um, this is the first apartment I've been in that allows dogs, but I live by myself now. I live far enough away from work that I am I am gone legitimately twelve hours a day on a normal good day, and there's days where I'm gone even longer than that. I'm doing something after work or I go somewhere else and don't come straight home. And it's like that just, especially with dogs that I just can't, that is just so unfair to, to an animal. And I, I wish like I grew up with dogs. Um, I, I had a cat for a while who I, I loved and grew very close. It was kind of a family cat who then be, decided that he adopted me and became kind of my cat and would just hang out with me and say, it's, it's always fun to, to every so often while we're recording or kind of talking before the show, uh, I get to hear a, a little cameo from Callie, and I yeah. appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing how cats do that, where they'll just latch onto one person and really become attached to them, and you know, almost in a, a bonder type yeah. relationship. <laughs> yep, uh, where they're just um, that much closer to that person than any of the other humans around. And Callie's definitely that way with me. Is she'll. Uh, she'll do pretty much anything to spend the day with me. And she'd rather sit in my office and watch me work than spend time with any of the other humans in the house. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was my cat Murray, despite living when I, for a few years um, before I I moved out of my parents' place, I was um, living in their basement quite stereotypically, but it was cold down there. I mean, and not like normal Minnesota things can get cold, but like there wasn't heating down there. So there were winters where I could see my breath sitting in the basement and he would still come down and hang out. Now this was in the time 
when I had a CRT as my computer monitor, because that's just what we had. And so he discovered he could lay on the CRT monitor mm-hmm. and it was very warm. Um, it was very annoying when he would then his, have his tail going across the screen. But I, I taught him that if he, he laid the other direction, I would give him head scratches every so often. Yeah. And so that worked out well. For, for a for long time, us. I had those big, you know, 90 pound, 22 inch CRTs and the cats loved laying on those things. Yep. Uh, yeah. They put off so much heat. Yeah, no, that that was that was uh, that was fun. Yeah, so I think one thing we haven't talked about yet is the aspect of pets and art and magic. And there's a lot of them. Um there's some artists that specialize in this area. Um, Andrea Reddick being one of them. Um, she's uh, made a lot of really cute cat, uh, dog, and other things. She was she had a few of the illustrations for the first cat secret layer, um, including Miri and the Regal Caracal. Uh, this is the regal caracal where it's just looking really it's sitting on the chair looking absolutely um judgmental i think is a good way to yes and i i I love that that art that is that's one of my favorite kind of cat art of cats and and i realized after the show because when we recorded yesterday we were talking about these cards and I, i was talking about that regal caracal but there was a different one in that secret layer that was what I was trying to think of because it's actually my favorite. And I found it after the show, so I didn't mention anything. And now I've already lost it again. And I keep wanting to call it a Johnny's Pride Mate, but it wasn't a Johnny's Pride Mate. It was the the cat when it attacked, it made cats. Leo oh, and right. Leader. I still are, sorry, let me look this up. This is the the love, you know, the wonderful thing about podcasting when I'm sitting in front of Scryfall that... Uh, Yes, yes, that's the one. Leon and War Leader, the secret layer um, from the first cat secret layer. This is probably my favorite piece of cat artwork from, and it's it's from uh, Jacob Eirich. Eirich, I try to pronounce his last name E I R I C H, but Eirich. But I I love it. It's 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 a fun, playful thing. But you've also got like one cat taking this very seriously while it seems like the rest of them are maybe not taking it quite as seriously. Yeah. That whole secret layer was just fantastic for art. Um, my, uh, new kitty secret layer just arrived today. I haven't even gotten to open it yet, but, uh, the nice Lord Windgrace is going directly into my Lord Windgrace deck. Uh, the cute, um, very nice. I, uh, fuzzy version of him. I did manage to get a copy of, of that. I didn't get the full secret layer, but I was able to get the Lord Windgrace for my uh, my Zyra deck that is is definitely my deck that has the most sort of fun things. This was what I started doing in 2020 when I didn't have a lot of other things to spend money, like my magic card money on because I wasn't playing, so I wasn't buying a lot of product, but it was like, I kind of want to do something with this deck I love, and I'd sold some stuff too, and so I just had a bunch of store credit, and so it's it's fun to get that some of that stuff for for that deck. But yeah, I def- I, I got one of those not too long ago. At least just the one card. I didn't get the full set, but 
the Yoshimaru, um, which was done by Ilsa Gort. She has actually done, actually, sorry, I take it back. Well, Il- Il- Ilsa has done a bunch of like the cats and dogs. So she's the main one I think of because I actually have um, my animals done by her on um, on uh, artist proofs. This is another thing that I got doing with my like artist proofs. So I was off in the two people that I was thinking of. I was mixing up. Uh, Ilsa did Spirited Companion. She did In Search of Greatness. And she did Pack Leader. So she's just done a lot of them. Um, Animal Sanctuary, as I was realizing it, um, which I'm a little embarrassed by, is actually um, Elena Danner, who also does like adorable art and animals. And there are cats and stuff in her in that art, but she's on lions. And so those are my two like front runners. Yeah. And one thing, um, you know, one of the other ones I want to mention is Chandra's Ember Cat. Uh, which is has some adorable art of this little fiery kitty, and then on top of that, it has such a good flavor text. It's fur balls. Try dealing with fireballs. <laughs> and no, thank you, Chandra. I do not want to deal with uh, fireballs for my cats. That would be yeah, very, very damaging to the house. Yep. I just remember. At least from a mill, like this card, I always think of from a from a mill fell standpoint because it was one of the first that I can think of that interacted with specific planeswalkers of a specific yeah. type. I mean, they printed a lot of those in the intro deck packs mm. where it would do something specifically with a planeswalker, but this was just a, a card in a core set. Yeah, and and I mean, this tap at red mana, spend this only on elemental or Chandra Planeswalker spell. So, I mean, it's especially a common that you can, elementals is what would happen more commonly, but it was, at least for me, sort of interesting mechanic space that didn't get explored a lot. Yeah, it's, I would like to see other Planeswalkers pets. Um, we, we know oh. we have, we have Mowu, who is uh, Yangu's good boy, uh, such a good boy. Um, travels the planes with him and then gets really large. Yeah, and we've had three, was it three signature spell books from three planeswalkers? Did any of those have permanence in them? I was going to say, but none of them gave us pets, but maybe it's because they called it signature spell book. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they did have permanence in them. Okay. Uh, then then they had no excuse and we should have seen a yeah we should have gotten pets for everybody <laughs> it was gideon jason liliana chandra chandra okay that's yeah. right that's right and then they kind of turned that product into the uh commander spell books and tripled mm-hmm. the price of them yeah and though yeah and then they've done the green and black maybe that's where i was thinking yeah liliana stuff yeah but anyway, yeah, it would be really cool to see more pets, sort of Planeswalker pets in, um, in some of that stuff. Like we could have seen, especially it was some of them with the lives of living wouldn't be as much. But like Jace, you know, when he was a kid on Vryn, like maybe he had a pet as a kid. That could yeah. fit. Before he was a Sphinx's pet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe, uh... Seen- uh Maybe Tezzeret had a pet rat growing up in the slums. And that, 
I don't know. This would this not completely rewrite, but it would slightly rewrite Jace's story. But like, so his whole thing with uh, you know he eventually realized his memories were being edited. But if he had a pet, like maybe that could have interacted with that in some way. I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe it just wouldn't have made the stories good. Like I'm just trying to rewrite someone else's story now. But still, like other other planeswalkers, you we've we've got you know, um, all sorts of all sorts of folks that. Uh, Huatli could have a fun pet raptor yeah, or something. I mean, she does have her raptor that is sort of like a pet. Yeah. yeah See, and then Sahili makes her little robot pet. <laughs> Which, when when we were talking yesterday and, and we had to pick a card, you know, to be our pet in the opening question, so that would be, as I'm talking through, I'm like, oh yeah, that would be in the, the part you listener would have heard. I almost went with Filigree Familiar. Which yeah. feels very like a Sahili sort of construct i mean Definitely. it was from that world yeah and that that is exactly the sort of thing sahili makes too or small animals uh so that would be a fantastic addition to uh the story um if there's any place that has a lot of pets that are um mechanical it's definitely going to be kaladesh i assume that the aetherborn have their really fancy ones because they want to show off their um, wealth in their material goods that you can just tell by how big of a how big of a, a clockwork it is or how big of a construct is how 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 wealthy they are yep yeah there's like it, it's it's cool and and fun to see some pets and things sort of sort of bubbling you know being being baked being put into the the world building that we're getting but there's so much more that can be done. And so it's, it's fun to sit and talk about it or think about it. Yeah. Things that could be done or places they could do. Like, like I, said, I love that little detail. Like that could be a lot of fun to have, you know, the Aetherborn showing off their wealth through their clockwork pets and in, in different ways. Yeah. And we, we do get a little bit of it, you know, expanding, you know, somewhat in the recent sets. Like we got, a, we got our pet fish on new Capenna. Um, and, those are some cute cards. Uh, and I had a little three card storytelling of basically ending up sleeping with the fishes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, we had some tropical fish there and, um, you know, we, uh, we get a little bit of it here and there, but I would love to see more. Um, I, I know it's gotta be hard for planeswalkers since they can't, you know, Mawu aside, can't bring their pets with them when they planes walk. Yeah, well, which, you know, is a, a little bit to my own sort of situation where I have a hard time, yeah. like, I would be away from them for so long, and so it's, it'd be a yeah, little bit like, like, yeah. but... Some of the clockwork pets would be ideal then. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe we'll get more animals like Mawu um, going forward that can actually planes walk with their companions. Yep. Or things like uh, that that might fit, work well for, say, like who like who has a pet who probably can live in the wild on its own when she, you know she's off doing other things. Yeah, it can go you know numb on some vampires while she's off, <laughs> um, you know, on dates with Sahili. Mm-hmm. Sorry, now I'm just looking at the card exotic pets from Nukapena because I was yeah. like, I haven't. I that was a that's kind of right when I was starting to check out of the story a little bit. And so I, again, 
that this is the dangers of scryfall it can really help us find cards i like guess great resource for for content creators and podcasters specifically but i'm trying to record it's like i what am i doing i'm reading this card when we're doing it's this thing. just so easy to go down that rabbit hole there's <sighs> okay. once you find one card you want to look at another and then you know especially if you're, you're looking through all the cat and dogs uh yep you know, we have so many, so many good boys to look at. Uh, and then we can just go and build a Ren and Siri deck from all the ones that we like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've, I've almost done that. I have a Ren and Siri. I haven't done anything with, but it's every time I'm flipping through cards, I go, oh, do I want to build that deck? And with how often, how infrequently I play Magic these days, it's like, ah, probably not. But it's a really fun deck my friend has one and uh so i get to play against it fairly regularly nice it was one of the first decks she built when she got back into magic uh to play commander nice that's cool it's probably a, a a good sort of coming back into magic deck to to build and play yeah you just put in all the best doggos and all the you know fiercest kitties and you know, you play one, you get the other. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and there's some nice little synergies there. And, and green, red, white are just solid colors for, like, building commander stuff. Green, I mean, obviously, is really, really good. But I think red and white stuff tends to be a little more straightforward if you're not used to the mechanics or it's been a while. Blue can be funky. <laughs> I remember avoiding blue for a long time as a player just because I was like, I don't understand these cards. There's too much text on some of these things. Yeah. Um... My son is like that with blue, and there's there's some blue cards in his K and T deck, but he'd really rather have nothing to do with the color at all. I mean, I just realized I say, you know, I used to, and then I'm thinking about my decks, and I'm like, yeah, most of my decks don't have blue in them, and the ones who do, by and large, are things like, uh, oh, no, I can't think of it, but it's it's the the legend that's green, blue, red when you cascade you can play lands from the cards you reveal oh yeah so it's just yeah, like cascade deck so there's not a lot of blue weirdness yeah, going you're not on running there. a lot of counter spells and stuff in a cascade deck no and and i think i have one other that's the uh, the hydra that is blue black green that cares about things with x in the cost and so again like not a lot of counter magic not a lot of yeah. what you would normally have as blue that's just kind of a big mana deck that happens to have some blue it's like maybe i still play like that actually yeah and so, anyway. well i just want to uh thank our uh, patrons and thank our discord members we're having a very lively conversation about the new story right now uh and all of my wonderful opinions on Luca. Uh, I'm not biased at all <laughs> there. Yep, absolutely. And if, if you're looking for a great place on the internet to come chat with, you know, talk about your opinions of Luca or just a welcoming place to hang out and talk about magic or other things, you know, our, our discord is open. There's a couple of channels that are patron exclusive, but most of the, most of it is open to anyone who, who wants to join. And I think there's a link in our show notes. There yeah. is probably in the link tree, and I know Hobbs is all that stuff put together. Yeah. So. Well, thank you for listening. Yeah. And that's our show for today. You can find all of the hosts on Twitter for now. Hobbs can be found at HobbsQ, Tay can be found at Taya Transcends, and Alex can be found at Mel underscore Chronicler. 
Feel free to send us any questions, comments, thoughts, hopes, and dreams to the Goblin Lord Pod on Twitter or email us at goblinlordpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like to support your friendly neighborhood gobslugs, our link tree can be found on our Twitter account and in the description of today's show. This has everything from various discount codes to the link for our Patreon. The music for today's show was by Vintergotten, who can be found at Vintergotten at bandcamp.com. The art was done by Stephen Raphael, who can be found at Steve Raffle on Twitter. Goblin Lore is proud to be presented by Hipsters of the Coast as part of their growing Vorthos content. Check them out on Twitter at HipstersMTG or online at HipstersOfTheCoast.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, goblins, like snowflakes, are only dangerous in numbers. <laughs> <laughs>